Welcome to FOP Church Message of the Week. We pray you are challenged by the Word. For more information, please visit www.fhop.church. You're right, there is something sweet about just this closed down kind of set. It's pretty awesome. Um, I'm going to throw a little extra in. This is for free right here. So when, uh, when, when they were singing, just look at him, I had a thought about like Christ on the cross. <clears throat> There's a whole lot of explaining to do, so I'm going to try and be really quick. But basically, when Moses and the, the children of Israel were in the wilderness and the serpents were, were killing them, like we, we know that story, right? Like the serpents were attacking them. So they, they cried out to Moses for something to rescue them or to save them. And the Lord had Moses build a snake up on a stick. Are everybody tracking with me, right? That's still the medical symbol today. The snake on the stick. The cool thing about that is, Lord said, whoever looks upon this will be healed from the snake bites, from the, from the attack that's going on with the snakes. What's super awesome about that is, Christ on the cross when we look at him, he saves us from our sin. Like, when Christ is on the cross, he has been made sin, right? So sin was crucified on the cross. So anything that's hanging on a tree, like Levitical law says, anything that's hanging on a tree is cursed. So sin was cursed on the tree. And we know from the Old Testament, when they looked at the snake hanging on the tree, that they were healed from the thing that was killing them, right? Jesus hanging on the cross is sin on the cross, the thing that's killing us. When we look to him on the cross, we're healed and delivered and set free and made safe and sound. That's what saved means, all of those things. Saved is the best English language word to fit all of that stuff. So that's what saved is. You're healed, you're delivered, you're protected, and you're kept safe and sound. And I'm pretty sure there's one more that I can't remember right now. But it covers everything. So think about the thing that's just destroying you. And then look to Jesus. He's the one that heals you and saves you from that. That was free. That was free. All right. Oh. oh, Lord Jesus. If you didn't know, like I'm completely out of my comfort zone right now. I do not like microphones whatsoever, but I do love Jesus. So uh, <clears throat> let me tell you, like, let me tell you how Jesus works. This morning... I get up early every morning. I got up early this morning, and I'm having my time with the Lord, and I'm, I'm in prayer. And this, this thing that I'm warring against is I believe 
that the enemy is really trying to silence the children of God. I'm not getting political, even though I could. There's, there's a lot of things happening, but as a whole, not just on platforms or social media or anything like that, but physically, we see it today, the enemy's trying to silence the children of God. So I was in my time with the Lord this morning, and I was praying against that stuff because I felt like he's, a, he's attacking me personally too, trying to silence me. So I'm like, no, I'm not going to be silenced. So I'm praying into that. And this random thought comes to my mind. At um, This is like 5.30 in the morning now. This random thought comes to my mind because I have an Apple Watch and I was having it charged. My phone's on silent, so I wouldn't know if anybody called or texted or anything. So I'm like, hey, I ain't got my watch on. What if somebody tried to text me? I wouldn't know it. Then I was like, who's going to text me at 5.30 on a Sunday morning, right? Like, this is Jesus. So I go to my phone, and I look, and Drew's texting me. Is that not crazy? <laughs> like, seriously, like Jesus. But this thought in my mind, hey, if somebody tried to text you right now, they wouldn't be able to get a hold of you because you don't have your watch. I go look at my phone, and somebody's texting me at 5.22 in the morning. It was Drew. So Drew said he wasn't feeling well. He wanted me to, to speak this morning. So I immediately went to war praying for healing for Drew. Immediately. Because he's my brother. Because he's my pastor. And because it would have got me out of doing this. That's it. Oh God, they should never give me a microphone again. Ever. So when Drew texted and I, and I told him I'd be happy to because I don't want to be silenced. So... I'm going to uh, do my best to bring the word of the Lord. The, the one of the things I love about Drew is how prepared he always is. So he's always prepared. He's always ready. He's always got it in line. And that is totally not me. So I am like, hey, Jesus, I'm just going to open my mouth and I'm going to trust you to speak through that, right? Because <laughs> I am not prepared and I never do prepare. It's just that relationship I got with Jesus. So I was like, hey, Jesus, like, uh, what, are we, what am I going to talk about this morning? Like, what do, you, what do you want your children to hear this morning? And he immediately, uh, because I was like seeking wisdom, and that's kind of how it started. I was seeking wisdom. And the Lord's like, well, let's just talk about wisdom. I was like, hey, well, let's talk about wisdom. So where am I going to read, Jesus? And he, he points me to uh, 1 Corinthians, the second chapter. I'm just going to read some of that. Um, it says, And when I came to you, brethren, and this is Paul writing to the Corinthians, he said, And when I came to you, brethren, I did not come with superiority of speech or of wisdom, proclaiming you the testimony of God. For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling, and my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words or wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. And here's why. This is, this is one of the key verses. The reason he didn't come to him with like superiority of speech or a great, a great message and speaking with authority and power or whatever, he, he came, Paul, he had this ability to blend in with wherever he was at. So he would blend in with whatever people he was with and he would speak like they spoke, right? So he came in and he was speaking 
with them. And he said, this is why I didn't come to you any other way than that. It was so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. Like that's like, that's, so it's not that, and I don't want to throw off on Paul, don't get me wrong, like, it's not that Paul wasn't very smart and understood these things. It's that Jesus is a genius. And if you key up with him and walk with him and listen to him and be led by him, then he's going to give you and provide you and show you everything that you need to know how to approach everything. Does that, does that make sense? All right. Doing good so far. It says, yet... After he talks about not speaking the wisdom of men, he says, Yet we do speak wisdom among those who are mature, a wisdom, however, not of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, who are passing away, but we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory. This wisdom, which none of the rulers of this age understood, for if they had understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, and, and the, he references some Old Testament scripture, he says, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which have not entered the hearts of man, all that God has prepared for him, for those who love him, for to us, God revealed them. And he says, through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of man except for the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, thoughts of God no one knows except for the spirit of God. It says, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. So let's break that down. In my life, I could easily seek out the wisdom of the world. Like, it's not very hard to see the wisdom of the world. I'm a people watcher. I like watching people, and I can kind of determine what's going on just by how they're acting, right? Years of practice. So I, I can watch that, and I can come up with something in my mind that is maybe mostly accurate. I mean, it would be close, right? But I, I, I came across I came across the Lord in such a way I don't say came across the the Lord revealed Himself to me in such a way as to not prejudge somebody by how they walked, what kind of car they drove, how they dressed, these things, right? Instead, He would speak to me His wisdom about what's going on in their lives. It's, it's a gifting. It's a gifting of the Spirit, right? Like words of wisdom and words of knowledge. So I would be able, by the Spirit of the Lord, and he says, like he's given us that Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord, and the only way that we know anything in the supernatural realm, I guess you could say, is because of the Spirit of God. Because He knows all things, and reveals all things. So I could, I could easily watch somebody and say, I think this, this, or this. And then the Lord would be like, no, it's this. 
And I'm like, oh, man. And, and then, then there's a part of walking it out, right? So you walk it out, and you, and you come up, and you'll say something. Somebody like, hey, look, I just heard this in my heart. I believe Jesus said this. And they're like, there's no possible way that you could know that. I'm like, you're right. There's no possible way that I could know that the Spirit of the Lord has revealed that thing to me. Does that make sense? So let's take this just a little bit further. I'm really trying to be good here. So let's take it a little bit further. Let's say somebody goes to the doctor, and the doctor says, you have this. I'm not taking away from doctors. I'm not taking away from diagnosis. I'm not taking away from, from sicknesses that are real. I'm, I'm not taking away from any of that. But the wisdom of man says you have this thing and you're going to have to deal with this thing for the rest of your life. And we just accept that and we move on and we, we go about our life dealing with that thing, right? The thing's real. I'm not saying that the thing's not real. The thing is real. Doctors are excellent. They have great methods and, and medicines nowadays. Like I'm not taking away from any of those things. But what I am trying to say is, whose wisdom are we going to listen to when it comes to something like this in our life? Because the doctor says you're going to be bound by this all your life, but the Bible tells me that I'm supposed to be free. Right? So whose wisdom am I going to listen to? The doctor's right. I'm not saying that the doctor's not right. I mean, I'm not saying that there's not something physically wrong. I am saying that there's a higher truth, that there's a higher wisdom, that, that there's a higher power in our lives that we don't even begin to tap into. Does that make sense? So if I'm going to listen to man's wisdom, I may be bound by something my entire life and still proclaiming the goodness of the Lord. I'm not saying, look, I'm just saying. We can, we can be bound by something our entire lives and still love Jesus and still proclaim His great name, but are we really going after godly wisdom? Are we really seeking the higher truth and the higher power, the higher words, the higher knowledge? Like, <laughs> oh, Jesus, help me. <clears throat> so, if, if you knew me 20 years ago, if you knew me 20 years ago, you would develop an opinion about me that's not very good. You would develop an opinion of me that would be according to uh, man's wisdom, according to the earthly wisdom that we have, and you would probably be quite accurate with, with your assessment there, <laughs> but it would be like, hey, this is man, this is what I see, this is all this guy's ever going to be good for. This is all he's going to be worth. But there's a higher power. There's a higher wisdom. There's a higher knowledge. And when I get right here, it is really like loud and echoey. Is this the sweet zone right here? That's the sweet spot? Awesome. I'm going to go back over here. So <clears throat> they're never going to ask me to speak again. Hey, look. If nothing else happens today, you're going to appreciate Drew all the more. So if, if we're going to judge this thing by earthly wisdom and man's wisdom, in my opinion, we should just pack it up and go to the house. 
Because man's wisdom and earthly wisdom, it falls short in every way. In every way. Without the wisdom of God, without the higher truth and the higher power that He is, it's possible that I could never see anybody else's... Hmm. How do I want to say this? Potential. Let's say potential. It's possible that I could limit your potential to just what I see earthly. Right? It's the same way for everybody else here. If I look at you, I can just see you for whatever like the earthly wisdom and potential says. Or I could, like the Word says, I could... Let me roll back up here. I don't want to butcher this too bad. So that my faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. My faith, so faith, if you look it up, there's several definitions, it depends on context and all that good stuff, but one of the, one of the meanings of faith is actually your walk, the way you walk your life out. Like your, your, your actual day-to-day interactions with people, how you treat people, how you see people, how you look at people. How can I ever see anybody's potential in the Lord if I'm only looking in the earthly wisdom of things? I can't. I can't. So what do I have to do? I have to go back to the cross, right? I have to go back to where Jesus saw all of our potential, all of our value, all of what we were meant to be and supposed to be from the beginning. He saw how God saw. So, so God sees us how He always created us to be. Basically like Adam and Eve. Does that make sense? Adam and Eve, before they ate the fruit, everything was perfect. They were the image and the likeness of God. All that stuff was good. Everything was great. Then they ate the fruit. Then came earthly wisdom, man's wisdom, and godly wisdom was pushed to the side. I feel like this is tracking. So, Jesus, when he came, he came because he knew our value in God, our value in the Spirit. He knew. We were not created to be fallen man. We were created to be image and likeness of God. So when He came and He hung on the cross, the thing that was killing us, the thing that He saw, or the the thing that was killing us, which was sin, He became that on the cross to free us and bring us back to the garden before we ever ate the fruit. Because that's where our value is. That's where our potential is. That's the thing that links us all together. That's the things that keep us, uh, if we're living according to godly wisdom and we're living in the Spirit, then that Spirit links us all together. So, if the Spirit sees all things and knows all things, and then that Spirit lives inside of me, then if I 
am dying to myself and I die to that thing that was killing me and I live to him, then I can see you how he sees you. Then I can see you for your potential, for your value, not for what man might see, but for what God knows. Because there's a higher truth and there's a higher wisdom and there's a higher power. And we rarely ever step into that, unfortunately. I don't really know where to go now. So, <laughs> this is so much fun. Uh, it's a good thing I don't get embarrassed. I feel sorry for my wife right now. She might be, <laughs> she might be a little embarrassed. But uh, <laughs> what, what, what is the point? of any of this is it to just muddle through life proclaim that I'm a Christian and say that hey I love Jesus I know Jesus I can quote three or four scriptures to you uh, I can pray for you or say I'm going to pray for you and then by the time I get home I probably forgot about it and didn't or can I submit to the thing that came to save me which is the spirit of the Lord can I submit to living in the Spirit and living by the Spirit? And according to the Bible, if I do that, then I will not fulfill the lusts of my flesh. Lust of the flesh can be a lot of things, but one of those things is putting what we see in flesh above what we believe in God. Okay? We, we do it all too often. If I'm diagnosed with diabetes and, and the doctor says, hey man, you're just going to have to deal with this all your life. Here's your little sticker. You know, uh, make sure you change your diet. All these things. Diet's important. I'm not saying diet's not important. It's important. Exercise is important. Those things are good for you. But I don't have to be bound by diabetes for the rest of my life because there's a higher power that's freed me from all the things that the enemy tries to use to silence me. All right. I'm going to try and be quick as I can here. We can, we can very well come to church every Sunday morning. We can raise our hands in worship. We can rock back and forth. We can say some... Uh, we can speak in tongues. I mean, we can do whatever we want to. That doesn't mean that we're reaching the full potential of the gospel it quite possibly could mean that we're just playing church. And we're just pretending because it makes us feel good. I can come in here, I can come to church, I can read my Bible, I can pray, I can do my Christian checklist every day, and I can feel good about myself. Or, I can try and become what Jesus paid for. Does that make sense? The only way that we can become what Jesus paid for is to dig into this gospel, to dig into this spirit, to dig into the things that He has for us, the things that He's planned for us, the things that He always intended for us to have, which are completely outside of what we see with our earthly eyes. I'm trying to save myself here. I 
I, I encourage you today from now on ask for the Lord's wisdom James says if you if you lack wisdom or anybody that lacks wisdom if you ask the Lord he gives you because he's he gives liberally he like he will not just give you some wisdom like he'll dump wisdom out on you right so I, I would implore you today let's not pretend and play church and play Christian and do our checklist let's actually die to the things that are killing us and live to the thing that gives us life live to the thing that gives us true life and true wisdom the the higher authority the higher powers that are in the lord submitting to him to his will to his heart and look i, I know i know like when you start start talking about submitting like it can get kind of ugly but but basically think of it like this I'm tired of not reaching my potential. So I'm going to step into what the Lord has for me. And I'm going to leave these things alone. And then, look, we talked about this morning, the thing that grabs our attention or the thing that grabs our focus. All of those things are tools that the enemy uses to silence our voice in the Spirit. Right? Right? I'm not saying you can't play a game. I'm not saying you can't watch TV. I'm saying, where is your focus? What has your attention? What are you really wanting to get out of the gospel? Are you wanting to just feel good about yourself? Or are you really wanting to step into what the Lord has for you? Because I can promise you right now, probably nobody in this room, including me, has achieved what the Lord has for us. But I want to keep going that way. I want to keep, I want to grow up into Christ, right? I want to be able to do like the Word says, and I want to put Jesus on me. Like I want to put Him on. And that means that there's some junk that has to die. And it's quite all right if that stuff dies because what the Lord has intended for all of us is so much greater. I'm done. That's it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, including service times, contact information, and online giving, please visit www.fhop.church.